Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Scott. Ellie. A little grainier today with my vocal cords. It's like a cold or allergies. Oh, you've been sick, Ellie? A tad. If you're sick, let me handle the intros. All right. I'm Scott Eckert. This is Ellie Kemper. Ellie, she's, she's got a touch of the flu. No, I don't. I went from, sorry, my voice is a little grainy, to I have the flu. This is how rumors get started. How long have you had COVID, Ellie? Scott, it's a touch of hoarseness, like I lost my voice a little bit. Are those doctors in the background that I'm seeing on your Scott, Zoom, Ellie? this is <laughs> fake news, everyone. This is the podcast Born to Love, where Scott and I talk about something we love and we have guests on to talk about something they love this week we have a very special guest bobby bones he's going to be talking about why he loves failure but before we bring bobby and ellie is there anything that you loved this week Scott, this was the surprise of the century, what I loved this week, because I wasn't going into this experience feeling excited. It was my son's science fair. Ooh. My son's, he's only in first grade. He's not, you know, of like a professional scientist age. So this was a school science fair. Wait, so these are amateur scientists, these first graders? Yes. I'm glad you clarified that. These first graders are not pro scientists, but I went in thinking, oh boy, what do we have here? And also, I mean, there's just a lot of, you're always proud of your kids, but sometimes you have to, oh yeah, oh my gosh, when something isn't that exciting. I knew it was going to be a lot of that. How wrong I was, Scott. I was so genuinely delighted by all of the experiments, projects, demonstrations. The theme of his section was simple machines. Pulleys were, were inclined planes Whoa! on that. Oh, I'm a first grade science pro. He's an amateur. I'm a pro. I know all my simple machines. You wouldn't be allowed in there. They'd be like, who's this pro? <laughs> I The fact that you just got inclined planes right off the bat. Yes. Fulcrums, wedges. Gears. Do gears count as one? Uh, they didn't say gears, but that seems familiar to me. They said screws, screws, which seems like a gear. 
So what was his project, Ellie? There was a variety of projects. There wasn't just one. We went, went around to different stations and the children, the students, the amateur scientists told us about what they were doing. Now, not only did I love that my son is learning about this and like delighted to learn it, very excited to show us what he knows and what he has learned and what demonstrations he has prepared, but more so just selfishly, I was delighted by the certainty of it all. I I forgot. (laughs) I forgot there are laws of physics Mm -hmm. in my crazy, wild, fancy, fancy, free, footloose life. Right. I forgot that there are certainties. And so the fact that it is easier, you exert less force pulling something with two pulleys rather than one is certain. Yeah. You can't argue with that. It's not open to interpretation. It's, no. Yes, n- nobody's got an opinion about how many kilograms a pulley can pull. No. You just measure it. <laughs> I had forgotten what a Newton was, by the way. Still still forgotten. I'm a professional scientist and not even I know what a Newton is. <laughs> Don't ask this scientist to consult with you. I'm a different kind of scientist. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm still not sure. what It's a unit of force. Is mm. the most I could tell you. But I had forgotten that that term even existed. I'm assuming it's named after Isaac Newton, right? I think that's a safe assumption. I don't think it's a coincidence. <laughs> right. So the Newtons are the units of force that are exerted to pull this pulley or what, what have you. The fact that you exert less force carrying your load closer to the fulcrum than farther away from the fulcrum. It just makes sense. (laughs) And I hope I said that the right way. Archimedes figured it out all those thousands of years, and it's still true. It's still true. Here's my take on those kinds of science fairs, having been to a number of them with my children. I share your delight, but I also have a little bit of shame because I learn something every time. (laughs) Oh, that, Scott, that's it. Right, it's like, I should have known that. At every station, the parents were asked to give their hypothesis and at every station, frozen with fear. Parents in that situation is either enormously self-conscious or they're a couple real smug. They're really pleased with themselves. So smug and some of them deserve that. Okay. Well, they know what Newtons are. Yeah, yeah. And some of them have no business being so smug and giving out the wrong hypotheses. During COVID, when it first happened, they closed all the schools down and we tried this like Zoom school, but it wasn't organized yet. What, your scientist organization or just? No, no, just just the elementary school, the parents in my children's classroom. And I remember my wife, God bless her, tried to do a little lesson on gravity. And I could overhear her in the other room explaining with great confidence to all of the, (laughs) they were also first graders, I think, with great confidence that there was no gravity on the moon. Oh, no, I had to like run in. I was like, it's less. It's less gravity. There's still gravity on the moon. Oh, it could have fooled me. I'm with Vanessa on this 100 percent of the way. (laughs) I also thought there was zero gravity on the moon. This is it. This is the point when you go to those things. And I haven't gotten to the stage of like he has homework, but it's not too complicated yet. But I am just dreading when he brings home homework and I I won't be able to explain it because, you know, they teach math differently now. But one thing they don't teach differently, the laws of physics, because those (laughs) remain unchanged, unlike math. (laughs) (laughs) They got all these new cockamamie theories about math. Two plus two don't add up to five anymore. You thought you knew something. (laughs) No, but but I was so, again, enchanted because. The same simple machines, the same inclined planes and screws and pulleys, they have remained unchanged since my own 
uh, experience with them, you know, 35 years ago. So it was a delight. I walked out of that science fair, a happier, a, a more enlightened woman. And I really, really loved it. So that was what I loved this week. Um, you know, something that I'm really going to love chatting with our next guest about is failure. I don't know. If, I don't know that I'm excited to talk about failure. I mean, I like success. I like success, Ellie. Well, why does he love it? That's what I'm excited to talk about. Because, yes, at first blush, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, I love to fail. I mean, I'm only successful at things. So I don't know how I, one thing is I'm not so familiar with failure. So stick around and hear us chat with Bobby Bones, big time radio personality, Ellie. Uh, He's known for the Bobby Bones Show. It's been running for almost 20 years with over 10 million weekly listeners. He's also the author of several books. He won season 27 of Dancing with the Stars, was a mentor on American Idol and has a couple of TV shows, one of which, my kids love on Disney Plus called Breaking Bobby Bones. Hello, underachiever alert. Not the opposite of that. We're thrilled to have Bobby Bones on our podcast today. We are here with Bobby Bones. Bobby, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast, Born to Love. Thank you for having me. We have a mutual friend. She loves you. So if she loves you, I love you. So let's just all make love together. Yeah. Or, well, that's not right. But let's just all love, you know? <laughs> no, I think you're right the first time. Let's all make love together right over Riverside, which is how we're recording this. So, Bobby, I think you were born to love failure. Is that right? I was born to get better at it. Yes. And to actually love the results because of it. I don't think anybody really likes it. It's counterintuitive to enjoy losing. I hate losing. I would rather not lose than win. You would rather not lose? What? The good doesn't last with me as much as the bad sits and lingers and grows and drives and causes therapy bills to go up. Oh, yeah. So that is the unexpected route that we get to why you love failure. Because- Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It sounds like as hard and unbearable as it can be, that's the thing that forces you to change. Yeah. It's like loving vegetables or loving eating right. Nobody really likes to eat right, but you kind of love the results of it because of what happens if you do it right for a long time. Can I ask about eating right? Because do you think if we were told that kale and red peppers and fish were actually like horrible for you, do you think that you would feel different after eating them? I have IBS so bad. I'm going to go, yes. <laughs> like there was a time in my life where I wouldn't go to the bathroom for four days, four or five days. Why? You just couldn't. It wasn't because I didn't want to. I would pray. Oh, no. So, so I'm going to answer that, that I think that I still, my body would know the difference. I bow down then. I bow yes. down. Bow to my IBS. I bow, Thank bow you. to your bowels. Yeah. <laughs> bowels don't lie, guys. Bowels don't lie. Okay, but you were actually on to something before I interrupted with the digestion questions. No, I don't love the process of it, but I love the results of it because I've had to do it so many times. I understand the value in it, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I live in Nashville where everybody does music Mm -hmm. and I do radio, TV or comedy and they can sit in a room and play guitar and practice guitar and get better at it. Now, they can't really affect their nerves, but they can fix that skill in a room by themselves. However, if I go out and I have this joke that I think is so funny, I can't actually practice it and understand the results of it until I do it. And I have to fail. It has to not go as great as I think 
it will for me to actually get it right. So are you envious of it? Because I find myself being very envious of your friends who can sit in a room and play guitar and find enjoyment and satisfaction in that. Yes, I'm envious that they have like a actual, like a skill. Oh, right, right. I have such imposter syndrome because I feel like I am the dullest <laughs> uh, Swiss army knife that's ever existed, meaning all my blades are very dull and barely cut anything, but I have so many blades. Like I've had to get kind of good at a lot of things. So I'm flipping out all, but none of them are that sharp. So uh, yes, I'm jealous that my singing friends can sing really well or my guitar friends are, they have this innate ability to play music. They practice a lot, but they have something inside of them where I just, I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm not scared. Let's just go and suck for a minute until we figure it out. But isn't so, that your sharp blade then? I don't like that blade. Oh. I wish I had a better blade. I'll be honest. I wish I had like a Ginsu. Yeah. Something like that would have been a lot better. <laughs> I completely understand that and relate to it because I feel the same way. I, well, don't you think most people do not have a super sharp blade or a, I should say more a natural skill. Most people are not naturally gifted at something. <laughs> Is that terrible? Well, well, one of the things, I mean, it seems to me and maybe I'm wrong, Bobby, but like the way that you sharpen your blade is to screw up, right? Like that's a piece of it. <laughs> if you weren't sharpening that blade, if you weren't getting better, then I think failure wouldn't wouldn't be worth it, right? I think if tenacity were a skill, I'd be very skilled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that tenacity, though, is something that anybody can develop. You know, I'm not going to tell a guy five foot two that he can't dunk. I'm a big believer in dreams. You should have them. You don't have to have people around you that have done it to be able to do it. I grew up in a mill town at 800 people in Arkansas. And so nobody did what I'm doing. And I do believe that people can develop a tenacity. It's just a callus. It's just kind of like, hey, just keep going. And if you don't stop, it ain't over. That kind of mentality has worked for me. But that is so fascinating to me because I don't know that it, it, it because, okay, now I'm going to liken it to something that's going to sound like I'm name dropping and that's marathons. Bobby, have you run a marathon? <laughs> I've done a couple triathlons, but not a marathon. Okay. Well, what do you think? I've run a marathon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't tell. I can't tell if Ellie thinks that that's better or worse. Oh, I, th I think it's better. I think it's better. It's Marathon's just way harder. Marathon's way harder. I don't know. I, I, the reason I, I couldn't do a triathlon, and I'm not going to try. But, but do you have to do the swim leg first, right? Yeah, so you don't drown. Because if I had to do it, this, yeah, I would drown. But I'm telling you, marathon is such a, like, you're fighting your mind. It's, the marathon is so much harder. But that's, okay, I'm not, you heard it here on the Born to Love podcast first. I will not be doing a marathon again. Because I did one in my life, Bobby. I did it last fall. And I won't do it again because it was very hard for me. So the reason I'm bringing up a marathon is because what you just described, like tenacity wise, I would liken that to a marathon because it requires such mental toughness. So I'm wondering, do you think anyone could run a marathon like mentally? Yes. See, I don't know. So I do because just the human body is capable of it. And I think if the body's capable of it, the brain can make it do it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go. Yes, I am a wimp. I hate running. I, it, the fact that you run a marathon tells me a lot about you. There we go. Let's get into it. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. other day I was running just for fun, not marathon training um, in Central Park. <laughs> I live in New York and neither of you will relate to this, but your wives might if they've had children. Oh, I'm terrified about what comes next, Ellie. It's just incontinence. I can relate to that. Oh, well, I take it back. I cannot. Oh. I cannot. I don't know where it's going. You pee yourself? I peed my I always pee now when I run and I can't stand it and I need to do pelvic floor exercises and I will. It's on my to do list. Not today. But. <laughs> In the meantime, I always go a little bit pee-pee when I'm running. And I chose to wear these like melon orange shorts. And so I was, wa- and I and I looked back to make, I was like, it feels like I've gone pee-pee, but have I? And I looked back, sure enough, it was showing. My point here is I, I walked the rest of the way, just like using my baseball hat to cover my bottom because I was so worried about everybody looking. <laughs> and then I got home and looked in the mirror and it was like nothing. Like yeah. my point is that you make it about you. It turns out nobody cares. Maybe they'll look, maybe they'll laugh, and then they're on to the next thing. What I thought, where I thought that was headed, Ellie, it, it's sort of into the theme of this, is that you you saw this this unfortunate stain, and it made you run faster. <gasps> oh. And you did another marathon accidentally. <laughs> and you did an accidental marathon. And then marathon. you bring it up here for the first time, but you've run two marathons. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys this about failure. If I just said, what is your biggest career failure? What, what would your answer be to that? I don't know. This this isn't a career failure, but I had to do a series of like, um, like it was physical to comedy. I had to keep falling down on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And you discovered that you were breakable? No, oh, yes. <laughs> and also very bad at pretending to fall. And I was so humiliated because it was like, no one was laughing. 
And that wasn't uncommon. I feel like when you do things a thousand times and it take people stop laughing, but people weren't laughing the first time and they weren't laughing like anytime. So it was just like, I don't know if it's the biggest, but it was really embarrassing because it was a comedy and I was hired to be a comedian and I was doing these things that I felt were not funny. Yeah, I have felt that because I'm hilarious. But in my marriage, my wife, she doesn't laugh anymore. So ever, <laughs> ever. She never laughs. Wait, she used to? Oh, yeah, that's how I got her. I mean, look at me. If you look at me, then you look at her. There's only one way that that happens. And so I used to be so funny. If I can even get like a crack, like my day is made and she doesn't get, ever give me fake cheap laughs. Well, see, but that is, don't you much prefer that? Well, yeah, but I would really prefer that she just think I'm funny. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I I don't know who's married and who's not here, but. Scott and I are both married and our partners both think we're hilarious. No, I'm kidding. No. (laughs) Are they over? Are they over it? Because they hear it all the time. I would say I'm closer to your wife on this one. Like Michael will make jokes and I know where he's, it's like, I've heard that. I know. I get it. Oh, there's nothing better slash worse than going on a double date, we both just tell the same stories. It's like, oh, here she goes. (laughs) Here she goes talking about the neighbor again. (laughs) What I will do is if we're out with friends and I'm killing and they haven't heard the stories and they're just, I mean, I'm crushing the night. I will elbow her and take notes of what I said that was so funny that she didn't laugh at and go, you have no idea how funny your husband is. And Uh, you're totally missing out on a great show because you've already judged it. You don't listen to, and I will keep notes in my phone on my notes app and then go over them with her at the end of the night about what she didn't laugh at. Oh my, that's, maybe I need to start doing that. You give her notes on her enjoyment of the evening. You should have enjoyed it more. If I don't tell her what she failed at, which is laughing at real funny things, how is she supposed to get better? No, I completely, exactly right. You're just helping her. I mean, I'm, let me ask you this, Bobby. I have a question. I want to come at failure from another angle. What do you think about other people failing because obviously we can learn from our own failures i suppose we can learn from other people's failures but is there just a hint just a tiny little hint of schadenfreude sometimes like with my wife tells a story at that dinner party and it doesn't go over quite as well as she thinks it will i mean part of me is satisfied you better (laughs) warn her not to listen to this episode i gotta no i'll put a red flag on this one you can't ever listen to this one vanessa yeah I'm revealing my truth. So I'm rooting against you at that dinner party. I'm rooting against your story about the neighbor. Is it because you want to be better? No, no, I'm just, whatever. I'm just opening the door to the idea of how do we feel about other people? I think I learn mostly, but most of mine though, like I got fined a million bucks by the FCC like three or so years ago. And that was an issue where I think a lot of people have learned from mine. My company now, iHeartRadio, my radio company, they make everybody now, thousands of employees take full seminars based on my million dollar fine. Hold on, what were you fined for? I mean, this this is an iHeartRadio podcast, so we better be careful. <laughs> so I, I can now talk about it because I did all the, I, I was deposed. It is a wild story. Never talked about it fully. This is one of my biggest failures that I learned nothing from, but that everybody else has learned something <laughs> from. I got nothing from this except a million dollar fine. <laughs> That's failure. So... I was in Dallas and I was working and it was near the World Series and the Nationals were in the World Series. And in D.C., there was a time where somebody hit a home run. And as the home run was like in the air, they did one of those EAS tests, not a real one that goes, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. And it goes, that whole thing happens. And I could not believe they ran a test during the World Series, right? It's like a home run was being hit. So I said, I don't know who's 
picking when to do the test, but not the best time. And then it was such a quick bit. I was doing very famous moments in American history interrupted by EAS test alerts. And I was, this is one small step for man, one, this is only a time. So I did like three of those. Uh-huh. Mildly funny. Yes. Didn't spend a lot of time on it, but I had taken that tone off of the internet. You're doing this all like off the cuff. All on the air. Yes, live. And I told my producer through a talkback button, hey, get the EAS tone and put it up. Mm-hmm. And so he goes on the internet, pulls it off and plays it. Okay, now here's where it gets really weird is that my phone starts blowing up. Now, I don't look at my phone when I'm live because I'll be distracted by it and it's hard to be hilarious when you're distracted. Yeah. So <laughs> it just continues to blow up to the point where I think somebody's in trouble. I look at it and it says, we're taking you off the air. And I'm like, take me off the air. So I, I just cut and I go to commercial, whatever. It turns out that EAS tone that I took off the internet, it still worked. So w- when I played it, it locked up cities all over America. Wow. Oh, yeah. It locked up full cities because what happens is when one plays it, everybody else hears it, and then they lock up. What does that mean, lock up? What does that entail? So there's the first – oh, I've had to learn about this. This is is not fun, but it's interesting. The first tone is like – everything then goes to that. You can't get off of it. You stay in that – into that message until it's released. So once that first tone hits, all the other stations hear it. They then play it. And then there's a release at the end. So when it's over and it goes, this has only been a test. And it goes back into the programming. I never went back into the programming because I didn't know it was a real tone. Oh. So I left I left full cities locked up. So your signal sort of hijacked their air so they couldn't do anything. Absolutely. It hugs it and doesn't let it go. Right. Wow. And so I, I didn't know this. but So they had to pull us off the air. And then the quick end version of the story is that I had to have lawyers and I got deposed and it wasn't on purpose and they were going to find me $5 million. And luckily there was a station, a very small station in Northern California that had put that tone in one of their station promos and they got fined like $20,000. Not sure if this is exactly the right, but, but all they did was the math and they said, you can't find $5 million versus this 20,000 based on the people that heard it. So I got fined a million bucks. I thought I was gonna get fired. We found a way, my company and I, to be on good terms and me to keep my job. That's fantastic. I'm glad it worked out. Bobby, I'm gonna tell you, I took a little bit of joy from that failure. Mm -hmm. I think that's a hilarious story. Well, I mean, I have to say, I just wanna make sure that everyone is okay. It ended, it seems like you said, everyone got something but you, but you are okay with the outcome, right? I would have rather that one not happen. Sure. Now, yeah. there's another one where I got my guy put in jail on the air accidentally. Like, he went to jail. We did a bit where I said, hey, put some pantyhose on your head and just go buy gum. Let's see what happens. Well, it was stupid. I saw what happened. They put him in jail. They arrested him, held him at gunpoint. They pulled him. <laughs> whole situation. I mean, what did I think was going to happen? It was so dumb. And so, and I was also 22 years right. old. And so I said, hey, go in. Wear pantyhose, but be nice. Like, hey, how's it going? I hope you're having a good day. I'd like to buy a pack of gum. Like, be over the top nice. And as he was driving back home, the cops, because the guy hit the panic alarm, uh, pulled him over, held him at gunpoint on the street, arrested him. And we were kicked off the air for like two weeks. But the guy went in and paid for what he was buying? He just had pantyhose on his head? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't steal anything. He just wore pantyhose on his head. I mean, again, Come I'm- Come on, tell I'm me that's de- not funny. Or at least I think interesting. it's funny. It's hilarious. He it's a wrong. great thing. <laughs> So he goes to jail. We get suspended for weeks. Luckily, we got to keep our job. But when we came back, I went from being a 22-year-old 
in Austin, Texas, that was like 19th. We, we were number one and we yes. didn't look back for 10 years. Well, there's a failure. I don't even know if that was a failure. It worked out. That was a hardcore failure yeah. that ended up being awesome in the yep. end. I wouldn't do it again, but I learned a lot from it and we benefited. Well, that's it. And and what I love about that, we're calling it a failure, is that no wrongdoing was really committed. The only thing was that he was put in jail for no reason, seems like. All the charges were dropped, yeah. I am thrilled that both of these turned out okay. The emergency broadcast signal, I agree with Scott because it resulted in what to us is a hilarious story. For you, like I said, everybody else benefited except for me. Everyone else, everyone else. (laughs) I've never had a failure on that scale. (laughs) Now, now my mind, you've kind of boggled my mind, Bobby, because yes, when you think about it, unless we're monsters, we do learn from our mistakes. What are some mistakes that we never learned anything (laughs) from? Right, right. I'm now struggling. I'm racking my brain. I'm sure that I've made plenty. But Ellie, can you think of just a catastrophe that you caused and you were no better off afterwards? (laughs) I guess like getting drunk at a wedding or something. It's like, oh, you know, don't don't get drunk at a wedding. (laughs) And anything on that level, I feel like is so personal. I wouldn't want to disclose it. Bobby just told us the intimate details of his million dollar fine, (laughs) Ellie. The least you can do. I mean, you got to match that level of commitment. (laughs) And I'm finding myself having trouble. I'm shy. I'm worried about what people (laughs) will think. But also the difference between when we talk about failure and how we love to fail, what are we talking about? Not ultimate failure. Failure is not ultimate failure. The only ultimate failure is if you quit or die. What do you think about? Because I I have opinions about this, about quitting versus failure. Like you said, the five foot two basketball aspiring basketball player, he's never gonna. What's it, the term dunk? I mean, it's right. Like that's, that's the term. Yes. What's it called? What is it called? <laughs> when they jump and they they put the ball in the in the net. That that thing with the prongs. <laughs> you call it a fork? Is it? Yes. Yes. Is that yes. you? Uh, people of Earth call it, but. <laughs> That, that guy probably should quit if he's trying to be the best because he's not going to be the Unless best. Unless he builds a small rocket for his back right. <laughs> and is able to dunk well, right. in. Like, Jetpack player. Yeah, there's no no. But isn't there sometimes a no? There's a no if you commit yourself to only being able to dunk by jumping with your feet and your own athletic ability. If your dream has been to dunk and you get a trampoline or build a tiny rocket, yeah, then there was a different way to get there. But you still got there. Wow, you're inspirational. Because I, I see certain, like, especially now as I'm... I'm going to say it. This is the first time I've shared this uh, on a podcast. And I have a podcast too now. I'm 43. (laughs) You thought it was going to be like really revealing. It's not. I'm 43. And I always think about, I'm like, okay, well, what physical limitations are there now? Okay, well, you probably won't become a, be a dancer in a ballet corps. Like you probably won't, right? So like, that's, that's not quitting, I guess, but that's just accepting limitations. So, but Bobby, what you seem to be saying is, no, you don't take no. For an answer. Uh, you can dance in many places. There it is. You don't have to be the exact version. When well, you talk about dancing, I did Dancing with the Stars. I know you did. And I'm t- I suck. Did you I'm win? Not, well, yes, but I'm a decent athlete. Still, I'm a decent athlete, but I've never danced in my life in any capacity whatsoever, except like grinding. <laughs> you know, I went to a school. <laughs> what is grinding what I think it is? <laughs> yeah, 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 they bend over and you just <laughs> grind. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a good dancer. I like to grind. You went to grinder school? <laughs> I went to grinding school. I did. I went to grinding school. And so I they I was on American Idol and they said, hey, go do Dancing with the Stars for four weeks. No one's ever won the show that has no experience whatsoever. I'm so competitive. And the first episode, I fell. 
And my shoulder is still injured. I fell on the show at the end of my dance. I wiped out. No one's ever wiped out in their dance. And I fell so hard. Oh. And then I got up and just went crazy. I threw my jacket into the crowd. I just started giving everybody five. It was, it was so odd. The, the camera couldn't keep up with me because no one had <laughs> been that unconventional. And I'd never seen the show, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'd never seen the show. And so I knew that you had, it was a dance competition. And I'd seen like clips on the internet but I'd never watched the show. So I didn't know the rules, so I didn't play by them. Right. So that was such a gift. Like not knowing the rules, so not playing by them, but being able to adapt to keep myself alive, yeah. you know, that was the key. And I went from the worst dancer to the worst dancer that won because I never got to be a better dancer. I just figured out a different way to win the game. But what did you, what was it? Did you have the audience on your side? Yes, very much so. I, and my scores would get better. Like you, you were legally allowed to train, I think six hours a day, but I would train with my partner and then I would go and rent out a studio in LA and train by myself for another six hours. But isn't that, did you break the rules? Probably, but not with her. I couldn't oh, train with her. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. There were no rules about what you could do by yourself. Cause I mean, I could do it in my apartment. I was renting while I was out yeah. there. And so, you know, I just was grinding my way through it and trying to get better. And I think the audience could see I was getting better, but I also didn't know the rules. So I didn't play by them like everybody else thought they should have right, to. Right. And I was wide open. I was funny. I was emotional. I was kissing judges. I was doing, I was getting them to autograph stuff. Yeah. So on the, sh on the show. So all of that helped me and I was real bad, but I was able to figure out how to win by still being bad. But by the end, correct me if I'm wrong, by the end, you were pretty good, right? Because nope. that's part He's of it. He's saying no, Scott. Isn't part of it that, that, that you can get better? Yeah, well, I got better. You can't not get better working with the best. I was still the worst dancer on the show. And if you ever are so bored that you're going down a rabbit hole of watching old Dancing with the Star dances, my final dance, we were so scared that I was going to screw it up. It's a bunch of props. We're basically carrot topping the whole <laughs> final dance on Dancing with the Stars. We got people spinning me around. We got people jumping over me. So... But again, I found a different way to do it right. because I'm because I wanted it so bad and because I knew my limitations weren't going to get it the conventional way, I had to figure out a different way to do it. Well, so that there's a, a real example of quote unquote conventional failure that again turned out only to be success. And you know who's not impressed with my mirror ball? My wife. She's not say. impressed. She hates it. <laughs> I had to remove it from the piano <laughs> in the living room, and now it sits in like a side bedroom somewhere. Yep. But listen, you don't want a fangirl as your partner. You want you want somebody who despises you. No, no, no. <laughs> I messed that one up. I messed it up. You want someone who is your companion, right? Although I agree. my grandma always said that I, Ellie, should be the one on the pedestal. This is when I was like four years old, she would say. And- I have since disagreed with that. Nobody should be on a pedestal. Bobby, what were you going to say? I think I was going to talk about your grandma too. She was awesome <laughs> to me as well. She said the same thing and it really resonated. So she was, she was a great lady. She was good, right? She was yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she, she, she. No. My wife is, I think, I just wish I were better at earning that laughter and that, because she's not impressed by the things that I've always been celebrated for. Because mm -hmm. I've been celebrated for being witty or funny or smart or whatever and she's better at it than me and she doesn't even do it for a living that's it's always the way though that's always drives the way. me insane i know but think about the funny and scott you do the same you have the same assignment think about the funny people in your life do they do it professionally no way but they're also more secure yes. they're also healthier in their they're normal. heads yes like, for us to think that people should either pay money or spend time 
taking what we produce. We're nuts. No, That's total, nuts. total. The funniest, smartest people that I know. Yeah, they do different things for jobs. They do like unrelated to comedy type things and they're better balanced and all, everything you just said. Well, in fairness, the funniest person that I know is a professional comedian who's like been nominated for Emmy several times and her name is Ellie. Oh, there! That was a dollop of sweetness. That was like the sweetest dollop of honey. But it is the truth. It is the truth. Oh. Is that the same Ellie that did a marathon? Is that now? Wait a minute. It's that. It's the same Ellie that was running through Central Park, covered in pee. It's my favorite marathon runner. Covered in pee, doing her what was it, seventeenth marathon? There was a number of marathons <laughs> she's done. One in the same, you guys, one in the same. No, but 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 yes, I think that that's, I think people who, well, anyway, the funniest. I put you on the spot. I know, I look, look <laughs> at me. I'm I'm totally floundering. I'm like, oh, well, I'm short circuiting. Do you guys suck at getting compliments? Because I'm terrible at oh. it. Oh, but Bobby, all you want is a compliment from your wife. I want compliments from everybody, but I don't want to have to beg for them. Right. I want. I hate them, and I feel uncomfortable. But I need you to give them to me, and just me be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know me being uncomfortable makes you want to give them to me less. But I want you to know, I need you to push even harder. Right. I know. <laughs> I know <what laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please don't. Please don't. Oh, keep going. Keep going. Well, I. I feel again. Exactly. I, I feel tremendous empathy with that. I think that you've convinced me completely that. Um, that I don't know. We should all love failure, at least the fruits of it. That's it. The fruits, the fruits of it and not ultimate failure. And sometimes quitting is not full failure if you realize that you really are wasting more time and energy than it's worth. Right. It's OK sometimes to to uh, I'll say pivot. I don't quit. I pivot. That is a term that my I'm one of those people who takes those little Peloton classes. And and my instructors say a lot, you got to pivot when life throws you, you know, a lemon, you got to pivot with the lemon. I, that's how the saying goes, but you do have to pivot. Ellie, I think we should pivot. I think we should pivot. We have a game that we play with. <laughs> oh, nice. Segway pivot. <laughs> We're literally using the word pivot, so it's not. it doesn't count. But we have a game called Love It or Loathe It, and if you'll stick around with us, we'd love to play it with you. Let's go. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Okay, Bobby, now we're going to play a game called Love It or Loathe It. The game is simple. We're going to throw you some items, some topics, some subjects. You have to tell us whether you love that thing or loathe that thing. And there can be no in-between. Right. Deal. No ambivalence whatsoever. you got to choose. Okay. Bobby, love it or loathe it? Failure to launch the movie. <laughs> you know, I've met Matthew McConaughey. I think he's in that. And he, he was is. actually really nice. I met him a few times. Um, he did not wear deodorant. And there was a McConaughey smell about him. Haven't seen it, but I'm going to give it a love because he was super cool the times I've met him. That makes me happy. And I couldn't be less surprised that he didn't wear deodorant and had a smell. That seems so on brand, right? When you say it's a Matthew McConaughey style smell, I don't know what I'm imagining. But, but you're imagining it, aren't you? I'm imagining yep. it. And I frankly find that it would be hard for something for me to loathe, I think. But whatever that Matthew McConaughey smell is, I want to, I want to experience mm -hmm. it. Bobby, next one. This is a love it or hate it kind of thing. Mayonnaise. Oh, hate it. I, it's the, one of the three things that I hate the most in the world, which is uh, famine in general, disease, and mayonnaise. <laughs> and, but in that order. Not always. Not always. Not always. But I hate mayonnaise as much as I hate anything. Does that include mayonnaise, like, derived things? Like, I think ranch dressing, I'm not a big mayonnaise fan, but they tell me ranch dressing has mayonnaise in it. So does is it... not a big fan of white things. People, mayonnaise, <laughs> uh, just, you know, generally white and creamy. Yeah. That's just not my thing, yeah. I guess. yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Although I do like mayonnaise. I do. I thought I didn't. And then I had it as an adult. And I was like, why did I avoid it so many times? Okay. Um, Bobby, love it or loathe it. Arkansas. Oh, I mean, I love it. Is that's at the end that's of it? That's it. Arkansas. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. That's my home. That, I love it. I, I don't live there now, but I have a big state tattooed on my arm. I almost ran for governor last year. So eventually that'll be a thing, I assume. So what? Eventually love. you'll be the governor? Is that what you just said? Yeah. I love. I do think we're so. breaking everything here. This is something that just broke. The governor that just left office after his term limit about four months ago just texted me like during this interview. It was like, "Hey, can you talk?" I have no idea what it's about, and I said, "No, I'm on with Scott Nell." Oh my. Wait, you need to take wow. that call. No, it's okay. I mean, I think yeah. so. But didn't you tell us you don't check your no, phone on during his, on uh, his on show? his show? On his show. Well, I'm on my well. computer right now, and so the bing pops up. I'm so curious at what point it came through because you haven't seemed distracted one bit. So I would have been like, uh huh, uh what? Even like my kid knocking on the door, I was like, oh, it's a uh huh, huh. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right, all right. Bobby, love it or loathe it, David Letterman. It's my hero. It's always been my hero. I never met him. It's one of the heroes I've never met. He looked goofy, but was also hilarious. Irreverence. I learned what that was. I would. That's that's my hero. So we're two peas in a pod. I love David Letterman. Yeah. Love. I would never ever though want to have lunch with him. I don't want to meet him. Like I don't want to get to know him. 
I feel like that's probably the same. You know who's coming on my show next week is Adam Duritz because I'm a massive County Crows fan, and I've never met Adam Duritz before. And like I'm, I'm massive, like a plus, and I'm nervous about yes. it because I'm such a fan. You might cancel. You might think about canceling that. I'm serious. <laughs> I know it, it is a thing to me that I don't <laughs> want to ruin the shine that exists of how I feel about it. Well. We'll talk afterwards. Spoiler, I, I put that on the list because because I knew that uh, you both loved it. I mean, nothing better than bonding over a love of David Letterman. Such an irascible, talented, Hero. captivating man. No one like him. Love it or loathe it. Being set on fire. Well, now this is this is from your show. Yeah. I, my kids, my kids are fans of Breaking Bobby Bones, and I have seen you engulfed in flames, or at least a part of you. Uh, love it or loathe it. I'm going to go love it if I have to pick one because they protect you so much. They had so much jelly on me. They had people. It was kind of cool. So I never was scared. I had to fall off of a house in the same episode over and over again. That hurt. I hated that. But the lighting on fire was probably the easiest of all of it. So I'm going to go love because it looks a lot cooler and more hardcore than it really yeah. is. Yeah. Great. Love it or loathe it. Actual bones. I, I go love. I need them yeah. to not be goo. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure. The, no, the, that's the right answer. Okay, hard, just make to, it hard sure. to loathe. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But now, love it or loathe it, Bones, the TV show. I have never seen it, but that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer's David Boreanaz, right? Isn't that the Buffy dude? So yes, it let's sure just go is. with love them. Yes. All right. That's also that's the right answer, too. Okay, and now uh, I didn't know there were right answers. <laughs> there are. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> definitely right. And we say they're not, but we're keeping score. We're, we're gonna tally up the points <laughs> after 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 you get off the zoom. Um, last one, Bobby. Ellie's grandma. I couldn't love her more. She used to tell me this thing about a pedestal where she thought that I should always be on it. Yes, she and told me that too. I know. She said she had another grandkid that she didn't like as much yeah. as me, though. Same age, yeah. 43. Yeah. So it has to, we have Wait to know. Wait a minute. I know, exactly. So, and I was always a little, a little, a little love, a little more love than her, but I'm going to go love because she was quite the lady. She was good. She was a good grandma. Absolutely fantastic. We can all agree that we love Ellie's yes, grandma. We can. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. Bobby, is there is there anything that you want to plug? Anything that people should check out? I mean, I, I'm sure nah. there already are, but nah, <laughs> he said good. no. He has like a thousand irons in the fire right now. Uh, yeah, I'm over me. I it, I it's I've got too much me. So <laughs> listen, thank you guys for having me. This has been super fun and you know, huge, huge, huge success to you guys and i'll be listening and thank you for the time Bobby, thank you so much for being on our podcast that was such a pleasure thanks for listening to born to love we'll be back next week with brand new things that we love we want to hear from you leave us a review in apple Podcasts and tell us what you love we might even ask one of our guests in an upcoming love it or loathe it Born to Love is hosted and created by Ellie Kemper and Scott Eckert. Our executive producer is Aaron Kaufman. Our producers are Sheena Ozaki and Zoe Denkla. Born to Love is part of Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network in collaboration with iHeart Podcasts. Special thanks to Han Sani, Rachel Kaplan and Adriana Cassiano, Michael Fails, Alex Coral, and Bahid Frazier. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 